Well, good morning and welcome to uh, Cornerstone Church this morning. Pastor Clovis here along with Pastor Paul. Good morning. Good morning. I want to welcome you to our uh, church service this morning. It's a little bit different venue. Uh, we're actually at the Heights this morning. Actually, it's uh, we're pre-recording this, and so it's not an actually morning time. But we are so glad to be here, and we're so thank you, thankful for you to be watching. And uh, just, you know, one of those things where uh, we couldn't be at the college, and so we're so thankful to the Heights Church for being willing and so gracious and allowing us to come in and, and record. Yeah, so if you're watching this morning uh, on this live, uh, live feed, we want to encourage you to text the word Cornerstone to 33777 to let us know that, uh, that, that this might be your first time, and we would love to be in contact with you. So follow the prompts, and uh, somebody this morning will be reaching back out to you. So take advantage of that. Absolutely. So we just want to remind you of the new schedule that we're operating under because we've started actually meeting in person at Mile High uh, Middle School. And so we meet in person at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings there. And then we are streaming at 1030 um, online. And so you can see there on the slide where you can go and get uh, more information. And so I encourage you to go to our website if you're interested in finding out more about the schedule. And speaking of our schedule, last week was our first time at Mile High, and we had an amazing morning. We had 155 people uh, that joined us for first time at, at the school in person. And, uh, and beyond that, we had 470 people watching online. So this is a great opportunity for, for you to come join us live and in person on Sunday morning. Or if you still are not comfortable, we encourage you to, to be watching our live stream at 1030. Both great, great options. Absolutely. And it was just so cool to actually have people, you know, back in the auditorium. It's been, you know, months since we've been able to do that. And so we are so excited about that. We actually have some pictures and some slides there of some of uh, what was happening there at Mile High. You may have noticed me in a, in a robe, you know, there in my uh, house coat. And uh, that was just a Did kind of... Did you just say house coat? House coat, because I'm from the Deep South, and that's what we call it. And so, uh, you know, we just kind of decided we're going to turn things on everybody because most people who are watching, I mean, they're actually out there probably sitting in their house coat, you know, watching us. And we decided it was, you know, good to turn things around and so turn things on them. So R- rumor also had that, that your coffee cup was empty. It was empty, but it was a Green Bay mug, you know, because that's very important, you know, that we, you know support the Green Bay Packers. So anyway, that's uh, some of the stuff going on with the pictures. We also want to celebrate the fact that uh, we collected 172 shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child. And, uh, you know, obviously under COVID circumstances, we're very grateful that we were able to do that. And so those have been collected and will be sent off to children all around the world. And so, you know, that's exciting. And if you're coming back uh, and, and you're back in, in person, we're also looking for ways that we can connect you to ministry. So there's opportunities for you to serve. Um, and if you're interested in that, just email me at paul at prescottcornerstone.com and let me know your area of interest. And I'll do my very best to plug you into the, to, to the right ministry. And, and right now we have... We have um, plenty of spots open for for people to serve. So jump in, take 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 the opportunity to to take your first step, uh, maybe in, in in serving at Cornerstone Church. We also um, want to encourage that, that that if you're coming and maybe you're new, there's opportunity for you to to join a community group. Maybe not exactly right today, uh, but uh, we will definitely put you on a waiting list. And our, our next launch time is going to be. Uh, the, the first couple weeks of January. So if you're thinking about community groups, uh, if you're thinking about maybe facilitating your community group, again, reach out to me at paul at prescottquarterstone.com and I will be in touch with you. We're in this incredible season. I think it's week five of the what, series. Yeah, of what, what? What if Jesus was serious? So that's the series that Scott's been going through. It's been a great series. And, uh, you know, he's been providing extra resources for those who want to maybe go a little deeper, uh, even for our groups, maybe to be able to go deeper in their conversations and stuff and their discussions related to it, to the lessons each week. And so we encourage you to go on the slide there, uh, go to the website, and there's uh, a place there on the website where you can get more information. So we want to encourage you to do that. 
And we have Thanksgiving coming up in just a little over a week, a week and a half or so, and we just wanted to make uh, you all aware that the church offices will be closed uh, Thanksgiving Day and November 26th through uh, December the 1st, which is the Monday following that weekend because, uh, you know, we are normally are closed on Fridays, and so we take Thursday and um, the day of Thanksgiving, the day after. Anyway, it rolls over to Monday. So we're going to be closed on both uh, Thursday and on Monday uh, following Thanksgiving. So we also want to thank you for your ongoing support for Cornerstone Church. We encourage you to continue to give online. Um, you, you know, there on the website, you'll be able to see the link to be able to do that. You can obviously mail in your, your support. You can also drop by the roster campus and uh, drop it off there as well. But we want to thank you for that. We also want to encourage you. It's, we don't have a slide for this, but, um, you know, you can register that you're watching and that really helps us so that we can have some idea of who actually is watching us each week. Yeah. So and, you can do that. And so if you're watching on Facebook, or if you're watching on YouTube, just put it in the comments um, where you're watching from, and, and we'd love to be able to reach out and connect with you during the during the hour stream. I think with that, we're pretty much ready to toss things over to Ep- Epi, and it's kind of fitting that Epi's leading worship today because, you know, he's a part of the Heights, and uh, he's been such a great, you know, source of joy for us and supporting us as a church, and we want to just thank Epi for that. So we're going to toss things now over to Epi and the team as they lead us in worship. Well, good morning, Cornerstone Church, our online family. We're so glad you're able to tune in. I hope you're doing well. Um, we're excited to be here and worship with you guys. So if you take a minute, maybe just stretch. It's early in the morning. Get that coffee because we are going to have some fun this morning. So I'm glad you're here. Welcome. Let's worship together. Here we go.
Sing no other name. 
sing no other name but the King Jesus. Father God, I know throughout the week, it's just been a crazy, crazy week in the world, but Father, we just want to stop and breathe and take in the presence of you, Father. Father, you've overcome all that through your Son. The victory is all yours, Father. And so as we pause and breathe, we know that you are the mighty king that you sit on your throne every day and you are in control. So this morning, we just surrender to you the heaviness that we carry, Father. We put it at the foot of the cross. Father, we thank you for Jesus who died, was beaten, And put on that cross for our sin, for our hope, for our future, Father. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. And the Cornerstone family says, amen. All right, well, good morning and welcome to Cornerstone Church this morning. As we mentioned in the pre-service, if you were watching, we're actually recording this from the Heights Church. Yeah, one of the amazing things, Clovis, from this year has just been the way that we've seen the church come together in Prescott, and I've been on an amazing call um, a lot of Tuesdays with local pastors and seeing those relationships grow, and that was part of how we ended up at Prescott Christian Church last month for our worship night. And uh, it's part of how we're here at Heights tonight. And so we're just grateful for our friendship and the heart of swing churches around this area for the Big C Church and the way that we've seen churches support one another in this year. Yeah, so something came up. Uh, we weren't able to use the college, but the, we were very grateful that the Heights was well, willing to let us come and use their facility for this. So we just want to remind you that uh, you can text us. You can text the word Cornerstone to 33777. If you're watching and uh, new to Cornerstone, you'd like to get some more information, would like to connect with us, that'll start a whole text response uh, type process. And if you'll answer those questions and everything, it'll give us the opportunity to be able to interact with you and try to connect with you and try to re- meet your needs. So thank you for uh, thank you for watching this morning. Awesome. We also want you to know that uh, this is our second week in our new schedule. And so if you've uh, been disconnected for a little bit, we've got a new schedule. At 9 a.m. every Sunday, we're meeting for in-person worship at Mile High Middle School uh, near downtown in Prescott. And then we're here online at 1030. Uh, and you can watch on Facebook, YouTube, or our website. And so that's our new schedule. And so whether you're joining us here online or you're attending us Sunday morning or you're going back and forth, you can get all the details at prescottcornerstone.com slash regathering to figure out out which option is best for you and your family. And you know, we really want to celebrate the fact that we were able to get into Mile High and actually meet in person this past Sunday. Had 155 people there and uh, that was, you know, exciting. And we also still had 470 plus people who were watching online. And so we're grateful that we're able to do both venues that way. We can actually be live and also continue to do this stream. We have some pictures there. I think that they're showing. I appreciate this one that they have me. Yeah, I picked this one out, Clovis. This is you and your house coat. So we made some jokes about kind of staying in your pajamas to watch church. And so we brought a little bit of ours that day. It was just awesome to be able to speak to live people in the room. It was our first Sunday in a long time being together. It was great to be able to hear people singing uh, when we closed the service out with a hymn. And we were just grateful for all of our volunteers, our staff, all the people who served and went uh, the extra mile to be able to help us to get back in there. And uh, we don't know how long we're going to be at Mile High. We look forward to being back at the college at some point in the future. Um, but we were grateful to be together and to celebrate that uh, that time. And we look forward uh, to what God's going to do in this season while we're at Mile High. And then we're here online. Absolutely. We also were, uh, want to celebrate the fact that we uh, collected 172 shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child this year. Obviously, under COVID circumstances, uh, we were just grateful we were able to do this. Absolutely. We weren't sure if we were even going to be able to participate this year. 
uh, but we were, and so we're so grateful for that. And so we're going to be sending off those shoe boxes to children around the world. Hopefully it'll be a blessing to them. Absolutely. And we want to encourage you that if you're watching at home, uh, there is an opportunity for you to serve in this season as we are kind of launching this new era of our church where we're gathering in person and we're gathering online. There are opportunities across our church to get involved. And if you say, Hey man, I want to get involved. I want to get plugged in. You can go to, uh, your email, send us an email, serve at prescottcornerstone.com. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, just put a comment in there and our host will get back with you with some more information. We would love to be able to plug you in. There's opportunities for you to serve from home. There's opportunities for you to serve uh, at our roster campus. There's opportunities for you to serve at Mile High on Sundays. And in all different areas of our church, there's an opportunity for you to make a difference and be a part of what God's doing in this season as lives are being changed. I just want to make you aware that uh, our offices will obviously be closed on Thanksgiving Day. And uh, we also take uh, an extra day. And since Friday is already a normal day off, we take it the Monday after. So we'll be closed on both November 26th and December 1st. Uh, but uh, we'll be open after that. So thank you for uh, taking note of that. We also want you to know that this is an awesome opportunity uh, in this season for you to give. Part of how we're being able to do church in this kind of dual prong way in person and online is through your generosity. And so we want to thank you for those of you who are giving online, those of you who are mailing in your gifts, dropping them off, bringing them to mile high. However you're choosing to give, God is making a difference here in Prescott and around the world through your giving. So I believe we have a uh, special guest speaker today. I don't know if you want to go ahead. And yeah, I wanted to introduce to you uh, our guest speaker today. His name is Jeremy Jernigan. About five years ago, Jeremy and I uh, shared a lunch, uh, I think, over Pita Jungle in Phoenix. And he was a teaching pastor at a large church in the East Valley. And I was teaching pastor at a church in Central Phoenix. We were both pastor's kids. And so we connected a, around some similar things. And as life had it, we went in different directions. He moved to Oregon. I moved to Prescott. But recently, Jeremy's returned to Arizona, and because of the beauty of social media, we've stayed in contact. And so there was an opportunity this weekend for us to have a guest speaker during our series on the Sermon on the Mount. And I knew from my friendship with Jeremy how much he loved this section of scripture. So I reached out and I said, hey, Jeremy, would you like to to be our guest this weekend? And he jumped at the chance. And so uh, as you watch this online service, you're going to watch a message from Jeremy that he pre-recorded at a studio in Phoenix. He was with us live at 9 a.m. at Mile High Middle School. And I got the chance to preview this message. And I think you're going to be challenged encouraged and inspired by what Jeremy shares. I'm so grateful for his friendship and what he's invested in our church this weekend. And I pray that God uses his message in your life. I look forward to be, being back next Sunday, uh, preaching the final message in this series on uh, Thanksgiving weekend. So I think now we just want to go to prayer absolutely, and uh, pray for the rest of our service. And then we'll look forward to hearing from Jeremy. Did absolutely. You, you want to pray? You absolutely. I'll pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the season. We thank you for our friends here at Heights, their generosity to host us, to make this um, live service online possible. We thank you for just their heart for the community, their heart for uh, the Big C Church. And we just pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would help their church to grow, to flourish, to make an impact. And with the vision that you've put on the hearts of their leaders, we pray that you would see that vision come to life by your faithfulness, by your Holy Spirit. We pray for our time together today that you'd speak powerfully through Jeremy, that you'd use your word to challenge us, to inspire us, to change us. And we just pray that in this season, whether we're gathering together in person or we're gathering together online, that you would work in our hearts, that you'd unite us, and that you'd see uh, what you want our church to do in Prescott and around the world to happen. So we thank you for meeting us in this place. We thank you for your faithfulness. And we have so much to be thankful for because uh, you have walked with us through this year. Thanks, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, hello, Cornerstone Church in Prescott. So great to be with you. My name is Jeremy, and as Scott had told me about the series you guys are doing and invited me to be a part of it, I jumped at the chance because I love this series. What if Jesus was serious? What a great series. And I love that you guys are unpacking these teachings of Jesus that are incredible, life-changing stuff, and yet so often we look at them and go, yeah, but we're not actually going to do them. And I love what Scott said in the opening week of the series. We love Jesus, but we don't want to obey him. 
And, and what would happen if we didn't just love him, but we actually obeyed him? What if it wasn't just cool to follow Jesus or cool to be a Christian, but we actually said we're going to be the kind of people that look like Jesus and act like him? What would happen? And, and so I hope this series has been incredible. I think it's an amazing idea, and I can't wait to dive into Matthew chapter 7 with you today. So if you've got your Bibles, go ahead and get those out. Uh, if you've got a Bible you can turn on, go ahead and turn that on, and we'll be there in just a moment. Now, while you're turning there, I want to ask you a very simple question. The question is this. Are you growing? Are you growing? Are you different today than you were a week ago, than you were a month ago, than you were a year ago? Are are, are you doing things differently, thinking things differently? Are are you fundamentally growing or are you just staying the same? Now, how would you know? Well, you got to think back to these moments that make you aware of that. Now, I I saw a great Twitter conversation where they were discussing this and and someone posed a question and the question was this, uh, a lady named Shannon. She said, what's the most mundane but thunderous epiphany you ever had? Something so ridiculously dull or elementary that still bowled you over when you figured it out. I love that prompt. And she got all kinds of answers. People saying, oh, is this and that and I learned this. And I want to share a few of them that I found uh, particularly interesting. Hannah said this, before filling up my car's gas tank, I'd calculate how many gallons I had room for. And I stood at the pump so I could make sure to remove the nozzle before my tank overflowed. It wasn't until a very recent camping trip that I learned the pump will auto shut off when the tank is full. Can you imagine how much math Hannah has had to do in her life because she didn't know that the pump auto shut off? That's incredible. Or Aaron said this, my husband honestly thought ponies were baby horses until about last year. He'd flip if he knew I was sharing that. Now, I suspect some of you are going, wait, they're not? I'm confused. What does this mean? Let me help you make sense of this. There are elderly ponies. Okay, so like hopefully that helps you put it in, into perspective a little bit. But oh, I, I never knew that. I'm, I'm growing. Or, or this one. It wasn't until my late 30s that I realized Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star and the Alphabet Song are the same melody. Yeah, me too. You know, and some of you right now are twinkle, twinkle. You know, you're starting to, to do it, trying to figure it out. And, and you're going, wow, I never knew that. See, we, we want to be growing. We want to be people that know things we didn't know, that do things we didn't used to do. And here's what I would tell you. If you obey Jesus, you will grow. You can't help it. If you start doing the things that Jesus said to do, if you start living the way that Jesus instructed us to live, you will grow. It should be totally normal for a Christian to say, let me explain to you how I'm different than I used to be because I'm following Jesus. And a series like this one is a perfect series to help put all of that into perspective. Now, today we're going to go through Matthew chapter 7, the beginning part. And if you've been doing the reading plan that that Scott set up at the beginning, uh, this is Friday's reading. So if you've been going along that plan each week, uh, this would be what you get to on Friday. And we're going to look at just an incredible section of an incredible sermon that Jesus gave. And, and we'll explore what would happen if we actually did the things, if we took Jesus seriously. So here's what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, beginning in verse 1. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? I always picture Jesus smiling when he said this. How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and turn and attack you. Whoa, Jesus has some some words about judging. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I I, I kind of like judging people. I don't I don't know about you. You probably do too, right? We, we we have this natural ability. We want to to have this judgment, and so often we feel so justified. But it's easy to find disagreements with people around you. I mean, it, it takes no work, and we can find disagreements about just about anything, and and that's what often creates this judgment. 
Well, for the better part of the last three years, our family lived in Oregon, and we just moved back to Arizona. And, and while we were in Oregon, we got to experience things that were that were new to us. And and I'm a diehard baseball fan. I love the New York Yankees, and that's my team. And 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 I love the sport of baseball. But Portland didn't have a baseball team, and, and so I had to get into the sports that were there. And and one of them is is kind of a big deal. It's the Portland Timbers. You know about the Portland Timbers. They're not a baseball team. They're not a football team. They're they're a soccer team. I admit I don't understand soccer. It's never been really a sport for me. My kids play it, but I don't I don't fight quite get into it like other people did. And and so I could feel myself getting a little judgy about it. So I said, hey, you know what? People are always inviting me to these games. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna experience it for myself. So I go to my first Portland Timbers soccer game. And uh, I, I kid you not, we, we go with some friends, have a great evening, and by the time the game is over, the score, after hours of play, is zero to zero. The, there was no goals. Score. We, we watched these guys run up and down the field, kick the ball around, no goals were scored. So the game ends, I lean over to my friend, I go, oh, so what happens now? You know, I've seen it like in movies, like penalty shots, or like, how does this work? And he goes, oh, no, not, not on regular games, the game's over, we all go home. And sure enough, I look around and people are walking out. I'm thinking, this game ends on a zero to zero score and we're all going to act like that's normal? Like that's, uh, that was fun? I don't get it. And my judgment didn't go down. It only went up. But, but it's so easy, right? To judge things that we don't understand and go, that's stupid. Why do you believe that? And this judgment is just so natural, so easy. But let's get serious. Can you think about a time? when we have disagreed with the people around us more than we do right now. I mean, just as a nation, as a a, a culture, how easy it is to disagree and then to judge those around us. And it doesn't matter what we're disagreeing on, whether it's who we voted for, what we think is wrong in the country, or whether we think we should have to wear a mask. We can disagree on just about anything. and, And when someone disagrees with us, we often judge them. It just comes so naturally to us, right? But but what does that produce in us? And what if we were to take Jesus seriously? You see, our judgment, our differences, it, it creates a real problem, but it's also an opportunity for any of us who would say, Jesus, we, we want to actually do this. We want to take you seriously. And we don't want to live the way that that is just real easy and real natural. We want to live the way you have designed us to live, the way you're inviting us to live. What would that look like? I'm reminded of something that the author Bob Goff once said, and I love this. He said, the way we love people we disagree with is the best evidence of what we really believe. The, the way we love, not the people that agree with us, the people we disagree with. And you may go, no, no, no. Uh, the best evidence of what I believe is, you know, these doctrines or these values or these explanations. And I, I think I agree with Bob. No, it's actually, how do you love people who disagree with you? The people who you want to judge, who you want to say, whoa, 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 that is ridiculous that you would think that. See, it's easy to find disagreements with people, but followers of Jesus, we're, we're called to love the people that we disagree with, to love them and, and not give in to the judgment that is often so easy to give into. What, what would it look like if we took these words seriously? Let's go back to our chapter in Matthew 7, verse 7, Jesus says this. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father get good gifts to those who ask him? Jesus is going, look, I, I want to have that relationship with you as a good parent. right? So ask, keep asking, seek me, and, and keep on knocking. And, and yet I wonder, like, if you follow Jesus and you're a praying person, I understand that we have people, you know, probably represented today of, of all walks and maybe you're not following Jesus yet. And we're so glad that you're here too. But I want to speak to a moment. If you are a Christian, you're following Jesus. What's the longest you've ever prayed for something? Like a, a day or two or a couple of weeks? How long did you pray before you, you gave up and before you stopped asking over and over again? I, I think about a time when my prayer life was on fire. 
Uh, there, there was a moment, it was kind of a tense moment uh, in our household. Uh, my wife and I were both upstairs in our bedroom and we were doing some cleaning that day and, and she was arranging things underneath our bed and, and all of a sudden she pulls out a ring from underneath our bed and, and it's a female's ring and she looks at it and she goes, hey Jeremy, who's, whose ring is this? I, I don't know, it's probably your ring. She says, it's not my ring, it's, it's a female's ring. I'm going, I, I, I don't know. And she looks at me and has one of these moments like, why would there be another female's ring underneath our bed? Now, guys, maybe you can relate with the feelings here. Like, this is not a good moment uh, in our marriage. Now, I know I have absolutely nothing to hide. I also know I have no way of explaining why she just found this ring underneath our bed. And so I make her this promise. I say, look, here's the deal, Michelle. Um, I don't know why that ring is there, but I promise you there is going to be a great explanation for why the ring is there. And then I prayed. And oh, did I pray. Like, Jesus, I'm going to call it a favor on this one. I need your help here because uh, things are a little strained in my house. So I need to know where did this ring come from? What's the story of this ring? And so uh, my wife sets the ring on our counter downstairs in the kitchen it's just like an ominous reminder, you know, that we had this thing we got to work out between the two of us. And day after day would go by and we couldn't figure out whose ring was this. So I start getting practical. Okay, who who could have been up in our room? And so I'm asking her, I'm like, hey, um, were any of your friends like ever in our room recently? Could it be one of our, you know, your friends? And and so she goes, well, we did have some of the girls in our life group up in our room. And I'm like, oh, yes, that that would totally make sense. It's got to be one of them. Why don't you ask them? And so, you know, she sends a photo of the ring and text thread to the girls. Hey, is this any of your ring? And no, 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 no. Why are you asking? Well, I found it underneath our bed. Okay, now they all are a part of the drama as well. And I got them looking at me like, whose ring is it? Look, ladies, I don't know whose ring it is, but I promise you. There's going to be a great explanation at the end of this. And I'm praying. I am praying, praying, praying. A couple more days go by and my mom is is feeling the tension and she feels like she's got to come to my aid. And so she has a conversation with my wife. I overhear it. And my mom is, is trying to talk my wife into the fact that it's her ring. You know, oh, Michelle, I have seen you wear this ring before. It's got to be yours. You know, it looks great on you. And Michelle's like, this is not my ring. And I'm so grateful for my mom, but it's not helping. And so I keep praying fervently, keep praying. Finally, one day, more than a week after uh, this whole thing had had gone into place, uh, we had a a cleaning company that we had hired to come over every so often to help out. And one of the ladies in the the cleaning company comes by and she goes, oh, you found my ring. I've been looking for it. I thought, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord, that there's a good explanation. I said, hey, I knew all along there was going to be an explanation. But I tell you what, I prayed. Like I've never prayed before. And and it got me thinking, why don't I normally pray like that? And if I'm honest with you, I don't pray like that all the time. There's got to be a sense of urgency there. And yet I I read these words of Jesus and I think, what if I was like always asking, always knocking, always seeking? What what would I do differently? So the questions I think you and I can wrestle with is this. What does your faith invite God to do in your life? Well, like, what are you saying to God? Here's what I'm expecting. Here's what I'm inviting you to do in my life. I'm amazed how many times in the scriptures when Jesus would do something miraculous, it was often in response to someone's faith. And he would say it, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you well. What, what was our faith inviting Jesus to do in our life? Because if we took him seriously, I think we'd pray some bold prayers. We'd ask some some crazy things and we would believe that he could get involved in big ways. And then we go back to chapter seven for one more verse, but but it's a doozy. It's a, it's a good one. Verse 12 says this, do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets, the golden rule. Oh, this is this is peak Jesus. This is Jesus at his best. This is so good. And what you may not realize is Jesus wasn't the first person to say something like this. He he wasn't. In fact, we can go back throughout history and hundreds of years before this, there have been people who are saying this same kind of idea. Let me show you a few examples. Confucius, uh, who was born in 551 BCE, said, do not do to others what you would not want others to do to you. Oh, that's that same idea. We, we can see Confucius said it. 
or uh, Herodotus, born 484 BCE, said, I will not myself do that which I consider to be blameworthy in my neighbor. Oh, okay, it's same idea. Or the Rabbi Hillel, who was born 110 BCE, said, What is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. Now, that may come as a letdown to you that Jesus didn't, you know, create this idea out of nothing and like, wow, really, I always thought that that came from Jesus. But I want you to notice that Jesus' version is different than all those other versions. All those other versions had one thing in common, that, that Jesus is notably different. And when he says his line, let's read it again and see if you catch the difference. Matthew seven twelve, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught and the law and the prophets. See, Jesus is the only one in, in the positive. Only one that's affirming what we do, not negating what we do. So often Christianity becomes about just removing things, avoiding things. Jesus going, no, no, this is what you're going to do. How, how love is going to be expressed. Do to others what you want them to do to you. And I imagine that the early audience was aware of the, the, the previous versions of that statement. They would have heard Jesus' version going, oh, that's a twist. That's a new way of looking at it. What that should show you and I today, if we're serious about these words of Jesus, is that the gospel will cost you something. To the gospel, if you are going to do something with your faith, it's going to require something of you, which is why a lot of us go, no, let's just, let's just make these good ideas. Let's make these like things that we talk about. But, but if we do them, it's going to cost us something. It's, it's why our faith should always be something you can see. Not just someone you talk about, let me tell you about my faith. No, you should see it because we're living it out. When we're not on the sidelines, you know, we're not watching from afar going, that's cool. No, we're in the game. As Scott has said in this series, Jesus invites us into a new way of living and seeing the world today. I love that. It is a way to get involved, to get engaged. We are living and seeing the world, experiencing the world the way Jesus wants us to. And so here's what I would encourage you, that Christianity is not about the things you avoid doing. So often we talk about it like that. Yeah, you got to keep away from these things and don't say those things or don't do those things. And we go, ugh, who, who wants that? It's not about what you stop doing. It's about the things that you do, the things that, that you express because you are following Jesus. And I think it would reframe how we talk about this a, a lot. See, much of following Jesus is just learning how to express whatever Jesus is doing inside of us, to express what is going on in the inside as the Spirit moves us and prompts us, and we just learn to be faithful to that. I go, yeah, I'm going to express that. Now, there are some times you shouldn't really express yourself, like like if you're a Yankee fan, as I am, and I remember one time I was in Boston uh, when I was in middle school, and I almost got beat up by a woman uh, from the other side of the road who was a Red Sox fan and was very angry at my, my Yankee attire. And I remember thinking, Probably not wise to walk around Boston wearing Yankee gear. I shouldn't express myself. But there's other times where you like have to express yourself. You ever had a sneeze and you tried to hold it in? You know, maybe with COVID, you're like, oh, I can't sneeze. Everyone will stare at me. But that can be painful and messy to hold that in. I mean, you got to just let that thing go. You got to express it. See, I, I think when we follow Jesus, when we take Jesus seriously, we just learn how to express the things that he's doing inside of us, the things that Jesus is prompting us to do. Uh, I'll never forget, I was uh, flying home one time on a trip a few years back, and I had a, uh, a stop along the way, and our first flight got so delayed that I missed my connecting flight. And so rather than getting home for the evening, I was going to stay a night in a different state. And, and so I, I remember getting an Uber and figuring out where I was going to be, and I'm in the back of the car of this Uber driving, you know, and I'm just frustrated. I miss my family. Uh, I'm annoyed that my schedule got messed up. I want to be home, but I won't be home till tomorrow now. And I'm sitting in this back seat, and everything inside of me wants to just wallow. Woe is me. Feel bad for me. And, and as I'm sitting there, I, I just felt this, this, this prompting of God saying, hey, you need to talk to your Uber driver. I'm like, what? I I'm not working right now. Like I'm, I'm off the clock. You know, I miss my flight. I'm in a bad mood, and I just felt God saying, "You need to talk. You need to talk to your driver." So I'm like, "All right." So I look up and I see his little name tag, and it says Tony. And so I said, "Hey, Tony, here's the deal." I said, I, "I'm not supposed to be here right now. 
I said, I missed my flight. Uh, I'm supposed to be in a different state, but I'm here tonight. I said, is there any reason why? I said, I'm a, I'm a pastor. And, and I said, is there any reason why God wants me in your car tonight? And you can just imagine. I, I see Tony look in the rear view mirror. His eyes get really big. Uh, he pulls the car over and he goes, what? I said, yeah, I'm a pastor and I feel like God's, you know, maybe put me here for some reason. I said, I don't know. Is there any reason why you think God might have brought me into your car tonight? And Tony begins to tell me his story about his addiction to cocaine and how it has ruined his life. He told me about being so distraught that he, he got a gun and he literally tried to end his life, but the gun didn't work. He thought, I can't even kill myself. And he was at the lowest of the low, and he thought, I don't, I don't know if, if this was a sign or something. I said, Tony, I, I'm not supposed to be here tonight, but I think God wants to give you a message that you are loved, that God's aware of your pain, he's aware of your hurt, that he cares for you, and that God wants to, to get you back. God, God wants you to, to know that he cares. And literally, side the side of the road, my Uber driver broke down crying. This message that God was there for him. I thought, you know what? I could have either played the pity party or realized even in that moment, God was at work. And I'm so grateful. I probably missed far more of those moments than I, than I get to experience. But I'm so grateful I said yes to that one. What is God going to prompt us to if we just do the things that he's saying? You know, so often we talk about, well, yeah, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll be different than I am. It's not just about being different. It's about growing, so I'm going, God, you have designed me for something so much bigger and better. And if I say yes to you, I get to experience it. And so I want to close with a quote that I love this quote. It's incredibly vivid, and you'll understand why. And, and to leave you with this idea, and then I'll give you a few takeaways. This comes from the author, Stephen James. He says this, A hernia will change your life. Swallowing two pounds of X-lax will change your life. Getting bitten by a rabid dog will change your life. So will going bankrupt, joining a cult, or getting a tapeworm. All of these things are very life-changing, as you can imagine. Then he says this, Change is not always a good thing. What I need isn't change from one thing to another, but transformation from who I am into who I was meant to become. And friends, when we say yes to Jesus, when we look at what Jesus said and we take it seriously, we are saying yes, we are becoming the people that God designed us to be. And we'll get to experience a bigger story, a better story that God has for us. But it's up to us. And so I want to give you some next steps as you wrestle with this. You're going, okay, I'm in. I want the stuff that Jesus is talking about. How do I experience it. Here's a few ideas. Number one, ask someone to explain an opinion that is different than your own and then listen without rebuttal. Oh man, I probably lost you on the first one, right? You're going, what? Who wants to do that? I mean, seriously, imagine if you called up a friend, a family member, if you took someone to coffee with you, hey, you think so differently than me on this topic. I want to know why do you think the way you do and just listen. And they're going to be expecting the rebuttal. They're expecting the, 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 the give and the take, the, the argument. And when they're done, just say, thank you so much for helping me to see it the, the way you see it. Now, this doesn't mean you agree with them. It doesn't mean that you suddenly change your view, but you will notice something happening inside of you, right? You are becoming a different kind of person and you may notice. That something profound is happening in that friendship, in that relationship, because you're willing to listen. You're willing to say, I, I want to judge you for this, but I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to learn how to love you, even in, especially in, our disagreements. Number two, write down a prayer and commit to pray it daily. I mean, how often the prayers that we pray, we just forget about. We pray them a day or two, and then it's just out of sight, out of mind. What if you wrote it down? And you kept it handy. You put it on your bathroom mirror. You put it in your vehicle. You put it somewhere you're going to see it. Every time you see it, you just pray that prayer over and over and over until you see God move. And that may not mean you get an answer to the prayer the way you prayed it, but you see God respond to it. What if you kept on asking, kept on knocking, kept on seeking? How would you see God show up? One more. 
Find one thing to do this week to show love to someone. Not, hey, avoid some sins this week. No, no, no. Find one thing you're going to do to say, I love you. I just want to show it to you this week. I, I want to do to you what I would want done to me. And it could be something so simple. Just pick someone that you want to show love to and go, what is something I could do for them this week? And I think you'll be blown away. When we take Jesus's words seriously, we grow and the people around us benefit and the world around us changes. And what would God do with a church like that that said, Jesus, we're going to say yes to this. We're going to live it out and we're going to watch what you do in response. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you that you move in people like us. Thank you that you uh, gave us a, a different way to live that may seem strange, it may seem a little different, may seem hard. And yet as we lean in, you, you show us how to do it through your spirit. You invite us into a different way of living, a better way. And so God, we pray that that we would say yes to that, that we would take you seriously, and we would get to experience an entirely different story. And as we say yes to you, as we lean into these different teachings, may you use us in supernatural ways. May you use us to tell a better story. May you use us to bring healing and redemption to a broken world around us. God, that is our prayer as a church. We pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen.
heart and my soul. Lord, I give you control. Consume me from the inside out. Lord, let justice and praise become my embrace to love you from the inside out. Amen. Cornerstone Church, we love you. Thanks for tuning in. Hope to see you next week. Have a blessed week.